I'm a big believer in you need to analyze your social security benefit because it, as a household, if there's two of you, the amount you collect over your lifetime will be over a million dollars. So it is a million dollar decision. So it's not one that should be rushed. It's one that should be strategic. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP, and today I'm doing a little solo episode. So I wanted to chat about Social Security today. There's been a lot of news recently that Social Security is going to run out, which is very possible, but I don't think the government is going to allow that to happen. And I also recently went on Go Banking Rates Live Richer podcast uh, with Jamie, and we talked about that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about it today, but then I also just wanted to mention that I was on that podcast, and we talked about how to make strategic decisions to secure your retirement. And one of the key components of securing your retirement is Social Security. So interestingly enough, I'm going to give you some, I think, very interesting facts about Social Security. It is I think a fascinating, it is an entitlement system. I think it's a fascinating system or program that the government has created. It is also our, the largest federal program that we have in the United States. It pays out to 66 million beneficiaries, which is kind of wild if you think about that number of people. It's a massive amount of people that 66 million people are paying. And I think what's really interesting is people think it's just for retirees and it's not just for retirees, also pays out disability benefits, it pays out for minor children, and it also pays out for uh, widows and widowers, so survivors, if you will. So it pays out for more than just retirement. It was created back um, in the 30s is when it was first signed into law in 1935, and it's officially called the Old Age Survivors and Disability Insurance Program, OASDI, and it was created as part of the New Deal legislation during the Great Depression. Probably remember reading about in 1929, we had the stock market crash. And so this was signed into law to help encourage older workers to leave their retirement or to leave to go to retirement. And what was happening is because you wouldn't retire if you were just going to live below the poverty line, nobody would do that. So people kept staying in the workforce. So this was meant to encourage people to retire. and. I will say it is meant to be a supplement to your retirement, not your sole amount of retirement. There are a lot of people that are living on this, and this is their largest source of income in retirement, which is not what it is meant to be. Also, I will say on the Social Security Department, it does have a a printout on their website saying that this is not true. But I will say the life expectancy um, back in 1935 wasn't exactly... Uh, that high. I believe for a man, it was 63 years old. They said that that was because there were a lot of infant mortality was really high, meaning that babies died. Not every baby made it into adulthood. And so when you looked at those that made it into their fifties, there were enough people that were going to be living to be collecting, but there is, you know, there is that actual life expectancy at birth that you didn't have a great chance of living to be older. And now with life expectancy being so high, people are collecting social security much longer. I don't think it was initially intended to be collected for 30 years, which is very possible these days with improvements in in healthcare and with technology, people are living longer. And so they do need to make some changes to Social Security so that it's able 
um, to continue to be paid out. Uh, and there's easy ways for them to, in my opinion, fix the social security system so that it continues to be a supplement, which is what it was intended for, for retirement. So let's talk about it. So it's paying out to 66 million beneficiaries right now. The earliest you can collect is at age 60 as a survivor, and then age 62, whether you're a spouse, former spouse, or on your own benefit. You must work for 10 years or 40 quarters to be eligible. Then there's a calculation using the highest of your 35 uh, earning years to come up with your benefit amount. Your full benefits are payable at your normal retirement age, which used to be 65, but now goes up to age 67, depending on what year you were born in. Um, the earliest you can collect is age 62, but you will be subject to a permanent reduction, meaning you won't be getting the amount, your full retirement amount, which is at your full retirement age. That's 100% of your primary insurance amount. Is that what that is? If you collect earlier, which you're eligible to do, you get a reduction, permanent reduction. So in order to be get, collecting your full retirement benefit, 100% of your PIA at 65, you need to be born in 1937 or earlier. So most of the people listening, and I would say if you're in your 30s, which is what where I am, we probably won't be collecting Social Security till we're in our 70s. That would be my guess. And now we have it recorded. So my guess is that you probably won't get Social Security until you're 70. I think in order to preserve the, the program, they're going to have to start rolling back the ages. Currently, if your full retirement age is 66 and you wait till your age 70, uh, you get an 8% increase for every year you delay it. And an 8% return is a great return. Um, most people do not delay their social security. The statistics on that are pretty staggering. People usually are over the mindset of, I want to get my benefit as soon as I'm eligible. I'm a big believer in you need to analyze your social security benefit because it, as a household, if there's two of you, the amount you collect over your lifetime will be over a million dollars. So it is a million dollar decision. So it's not one that should be rushed. It's one that should be strategic and planned for. And so I'm a big believer in sitting down and analyzing your social security and coming up with what works best for you and your household in terms of how is social security going to supplement your retirement? We all pay in to social security. Most people don't even realize that. So it's, it's abbreviated the FICA taxes. Um, so your employer and you both pay in, you each pay 6.2% of wages. If there's a cap on the wages, the cap for that is called the wage base. And so for 2023, the, the max you pay in on, meaning the percentage after that, after this number, you don't pay anymore is $160,200. Um, you also pay in for Medicare, which is the health insurance provided in retirement, that's available at 65. That has not been rolled back. That starts at 65. Um, unlike Social Security now, not being depending on your birth, might not be starting full retirement benefit at 67. Medicare is still at 65. Uh, you pay 1.45 percent, and your employer matches that. So the total that you pay in for Medicare and Social Security on your earned income is 7.65. And then your employer, even if you're self-employed, matches that. And so that total amount is 15.3%. And so when you're looking at your paycheck, you're paying in federal tax, state tax if applicable, city tax if applicable, and then you're paying in uh, your 7.65 for your Social Security contribution and your Medicare contribution. I think it's a really great program. It pays in. It allows seniors to stay, to encourage the seniors to retire, right? So that they get out of the workforce, opening up jobs for younger folks. It also, I think this is a little bit of older statistic, but so 66 million beneficiaries are collecting it. Of that, 
uh, 22 million Americans were lifted out of poverty as a result of their benefits from Social Security. So I do think it's a really, I think it's just a fascinating program. And I know our generation gives it a bit of slack, but I do think they're going to fix it. Uh, one way they can fix it, and this is, I talk about this on the podcast with Jamie, is a little bit of a, a political, well, I don't think it should be political, it's just math, but they could increase the amount of the wage base. So the 160, 160,200, they could increase that. And that would mean more people are paying in on a, on higher salaries rather than it capping at 160,200 for 2023. The other thing they could do is they could, I think they're, and I think they're going to continue to do this is your full retirement age is going to continue to be later and later. I wouldn't anticipate it at all at 67. I think that they're going to continue to roll it back. My guess for my age is it's going to be between 72 and 75, given that life expectancy, especially for women is later in life. I think life expectancy now is in your eighties and I think it'll continue to improve with improvements in healthcare and technology. So I think they're going to continue to roll back those ages. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I was tired of taking so many supplements and I wanted a simple solution to boost my immune system support. I take it first thing in the morning before I even have my coffee and it makes me feel ready to take on the day. As a very busy entrepreneur and with recent health challenges, it is super important that I'm able to get immune system support because I don't have time to get sick. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash future rich. That's drinkag1.com forward slash future rich. Check it out today. The other thing that's really interesting about Social Security that most people don't realize is it's tax. They started taxing Social Security back in 1984, and up to now it's up to 85% of your Social Security benefits taxable. And this is the craziest thing is that the median family inco- income back then in 1984, I, I believe, was 26000 and change. And so if you think about it, this is basically the hurdle has never been increased. So if married filing joint, you're making above $44,000, 85% of your social security is taxed. Here's the wild part. When they are considering the taxation of your social security, they actually count 50% of your social security benefits towards that hurdle of 44000 So your, your benefits are actually causing the taxation of it, which is wild. The only thing that doesn't cause taxation of social security, there's only one thing, and that is a Roth IRA. It's the only thing that doesn't cause taxation of social security. If you have tax-free bonds, Yes, that causes taxation of Social Security because they're not directly taxing the bond. Therefore, that's a loophole. But the income you receive from tax-free bonds will cause the taxation of Social Security. So plan on paying taxes on your Social Security. I think, my guess, another way they could fix Social Security is they could tax 100% of it. If you're below, so single, if you're single, above 34000 in income, including half of your Social Security benefits, 85% is taxable. The only way you're not taxed on Social Security is... If you have, as a single person, less than 25000 that's not a lot, or married filing joint, 32000 So plan on paying tax. So it's insane that they haven't changed the taxation hurdles since 1984. That's almost 39 years. And obviously, your the incomes have changed over the last 39 years. So that's another thing they could do to make the system work a little better and to generate more revenue for, for the system. And I will tell you, it depends on how much you pay in, what your benefit is going to be. 
but the average monthly benefit for a social security recipient right now, just about 1800 and it can go, the highest benefit it can go is at age 70. That's the most you'll ever collect from social security. And you have to start taking it at age 70. Um, that goes up to almost 4,500 a month. So that's if you were paying in and maxing that out. So that's a pretty high amount. Also, you get a cost of living adjustment with social security, which is really interesting and really helpful because obviously, even though they've never raised the hurdles for taxation, things get more expensive every year. And so in 2023, this year, the cost of living adjustment was 8.7%, which was the highest increase over the last 40 years. Obviously, we had really high inflation this year. So they gave a really big cost of living adjustment. And it has averaged since 1975, I believe it's like probably went up with this last adjustment here, but it has averaged between three and 4% uh, cost of living adjustments. There have been some years where it is zero. So for instance, in 2010, 2011, it was zero. 2016 was zero. 2009 was another really high one. Cost of living adjustment was 5.8%. But the goal since 1975 is the cost of living adjustment has averaged just under 4%, which is to keep that social security check in line with the increases in cost of goods and services, which is great. So anyway, I think it's a super fascinating federal program that we have. Everyone is paying into it. Your employers are paying into it. If you're planning on starting your own business, it is important to know that you're responsible for both sides of it, the employee and the employer part of it. It is also important to know that you're because unfortunately, some people that you know got married in their 20s are going through divorces now in their 30s. You, if you were married for 10 years, you are eligible as long as you don't remarry. You are eligible for a former spouse benefit. So you can collect on your former spouses as long as you meet the qualifications. And there's also the, you know, have to be married 10 years. You have to be currently unmarried and your own benefit would need to be less than what you would receive from your former spouse. But it's interesting to know that just because you got divorced, as long as you meet the qualifications, you could be eligible for a benefit based on your former spouse. If you're at, currently married, you are also eligible for a spousal benefit. You need to be married at least one year and your spouse must file for social security benefits first. So I think it's just a fascinating system because of the survivor benefits, the former spouse benefits, the current spouse benefits, your own benefits. And then there's also uh, the minor minor child feature of it, which is really interesting. And I think that the most important thing that I always tell people is because you could collect so much over your lifetime if you live you know, to the actuary predicted age for your gender. So to give you a statistic, more than one in three 65-year-olds today will live to be 90 and more than one in seven will live to be age 95. So if you're going to be living long, which we all don't know, it's you're going to be collecting a lot of money from Social Security. So it's important to sit down and come up with a strategy. There are a lot of calculators online, so you can figure it out. And if you're planning for your retirement now, which is a lot of you know who's listening to the podcast, I like to plan on it as extra. That's the way I would think about it. So I would plan to save for your retirement on your own. And then social security is gravy. You can use it in addition to what you've saved and planned for your own retirement. And I would also be wary if you're not paying into social security. So it depends on where you work and where you are in the country. There are certain jobs where you don't do not pay into social security or you have the option to opt out. I would not opt out if I were you. So, and if you are going to opt out, you need to then make sure that your employer is going to whatever their pension or benefit system. I would say the railroad is one of the systems that does better than social security and you will opt out. The railroads were really strong back in the twenties and the thirties. And so they opted out. There are some other places like teachers where you can opt out and it, they don't, their, the replacement in my opinion is not quite as good. So if you are not paying into social security, 
Um, this should hopefully perk your attention. And so you want to know what you're going to be getting in replacement of Social Security and confirm that that is going to be enough for your retirement. Um, and if you are paying into Social Security, I would still save enough for your retirement because to me, Social Security is a supplement to what you've already saved. And if you save that way and that Social Security is just gravy and extra, that is a good place to be in retirement. You don't want to be in retirement with Social Security being your largest source of income. It will not be as much fun. So that's just some key facts about Social Security. And I would encourage you to check out my chat with Jamie on the um, Go Banking Rates podcast. We had a great chat about Social Security. Uh, it's the Live Richer podcast with Jamie by Go Banking Rates. And we talk more about Social Security on there and what's happening in the news with Social Security. And next week, we'll be back with, uh, we have two more guest episodes in the next two weeks. Uh, some really good ones we recorded today. And as always, you can follow us on Instagram for our most up-to-date information. And that is at Future Rich Podcast.